you said the kingdom of God was made up of saints and sinners in this present existence. I thought the kingdom of God contained believers. Is there a special class of people in God's kingdom? Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in Wilkes-Barre in the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, then stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski, and I want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. If you missed the radio program, then look for the God's Resistance podcast on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube and Gab TV at 9 a.m. every Sunday where these are uploaded and you'll find other content on there as well. You can find us at godsresistance.com and on Facebook, Gab, Gab TV, and YouTube at God's Resistance, spelled G-O-D-S-R-E, yeah, G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like, follow, and turn on notifications for helpful spiritual content. Uh, we are hoping to get out into the public square in some point in the future, so please stay tuned for that. Right now, we're meeting uh, in homes, and we are having some services inside of homes at the moment. So if you would like to join us, then please contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. We have been going through the concept that the New Testament speaks of, and really you can find this concept even in some parts of the Old Testament. But we're talking about the kingdom of God. We have looked at, first of all, what is the kingdom of God? And we said that it was a spiritual kingdom. It had started uh, from, I mean, even when Christ was walking on earth, it started then. Uh, more pointedly at the ascension of Christ and in power on the day of Pentecost. Jesus said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, but the kingdom of God is within. So the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom that has started since Jesus is walking on earth. That spiritual kingdom does spill out into what you and I see with our senses here. God is king over all, and his kingdom is said to be uh, this world, which is made up of saints and sinners. Um, we had said that there is no discernible difference, biblically speaking, between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. It's all speaking about the same things. If you need uh, to look through that in some respect, I would encourage you to go back to the beginning podcast and this series uh, in order to for you to um, get up to date to where we are now, because I don't have time to um, go through that again, but just trying to bring us up to speed. We dealt with the timing of the kingdom of God. Is it now? We dealt with also, is this present world God's kingdom? Uh, that was just the previous one. And today, we're going to deal with another uh, topic that kind of helps us to see things maybe a little bit clear, more clear. We said that the kingdom of God is made up of saints and sinners. The kingdom of God is this world. There's a couple different parables that bear that out. But we want to speak specifically about the sons and daughters of the kingdom, not just the subjects. So. I would like to go first to Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, which reads, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, 
to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So there's a lot of other things that are said there, but a principle here is that there are ones, and we're thinking about the Jewish system before, God was calling them servants. But then through the death of, of Christ on the cross, people can be made sons. And what we're speaking about now is translating from a kingdom, uh, uh, an earthly kingdom, and translating from a kingdom of, say, darkness, because not all Israel, as the scriptures say, that we find in uh, Romans and Galatians bears it out. Not all Israel is the true Israel because there were some that were in unbelief, even in the earthly kingdom. And so he's saying that there is a translation to be children of God, sons and daughters of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we're no longer a servant, but a son. So I'm speaking here about a difference in God's kingdom, which is this earth is God's kingdom. He reigns over all. We're speaking of a difference between saints and sinners. The saints are the sons and daughters of the kingdom and not just a subject. So let's start right right off as to what that includes now. I think if any of us have any kind of Christian understanding, uh, we realize that Jesus said that nobody could enter the kingdom except a man be born again. There's a lot of crazy ideas of what it means to be born again, even in our culture, but we need to go to the scripture. And just because people take scriptural concepts, make it somewhat sounding um, effeminate, they make it sound, or even it looks like it's not the same Christianity we find in the Bible, does not mean that we should dispense of terms or things that are said inside the Bible solely because people somehow have twisted it. We need to get back to the Bible and untwist it. So those that are born again, according to the scriptures, those that are born again are the sons and daughters of God in his kingdom. So we read that the poor in spirit that have grabbed hold of the riches of God and entered in, they are of the kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So where does that start? That starts where you and I are under conviction, deep conviction for sin. We realize that we're bankrupt spiritually. We realize that we have nothing to offer God and that we are undone. And he says, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, that the person that is poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Because you enter into the kingdom first by acknowledging how poor in spirit you are. And then we read in John 3, 3, that poor in spirit knowledge leads us to this place. Jesus answers Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee that came in the middle of the night to speak with him. He answers him and says unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, or I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So those people that realize their spiritual poverty, that come under conviction for their sins, realize that there's no hope for them before a holy God, realize there's nothing that they can say to this God that's going to change his mind. They realize they've been undone. That person will seek God and they will get this experience. They will be born again. 
have a new life, a spiritually revamped life, life inside of them, raised from the spiritual deadness into spiritual life. And he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So if this has not happened to you, the Bible tells us that you're not in the kingdom. If this has not happened to you, then you are not a Christian by the biblical sense of the word. Colossians 1.13 says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, notice it's the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So that is worthy of note that in this present existence, where saints and sinners are, God is in ultimate sovereign control over all of existence. Go to the previous podcast where I bring that parallel between Absalom's counter kingdom inside of David's rightful kingdom. The same is going on with the devil. The devil does not have power over all things unilaterally. Jesus has power over all things unilaterally. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords over all. All power has been given unto him in heaven and in earth. So he is the ultimate sovereign over all this, and we have a counter kingdom, which is the power of darkness, according to this verse. God, or Christ, has delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we realize that those special people in the kingdom of God are his sons and daughters. His sons and daughters are ones that have realized their spiritual poverty, that have sought the face of God, repented of their sins, trusted in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation, have then been born again. Now they can see the kingdom of God. They've been translated from the power of darkness, which is the devil and his minions, and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Then we are now sons and daughters of God. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ presently right now where Christ is seated on the throne. We're also told that the persecuted, they are the sons and daughters. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They own it. Shows the reality. This persecution shows the reality of their citizenship now and the surety of their entrance into the kingdom unveiled hereafter. So this, I do want to say, sometimes you would run into people who will be part of the Mormon cult or the Jehovah Witness cult and I don't say that uh, to be uh, unfair to those of you that may be of Jehovah Witness or Mormons. Um, I don't believe that you're trying to be in error or whatnot, but it is departed from the stream of orthodoxy from the early century church all the way until now. They have gone off in directions that are against the Bible. And I know for the Jehovah Witness, they've made their own Bible translation, trying to kind of tweak and fix those verses that seem to go against what they have taught. So if you are Jehovah Witness or you're a Mormon, I do want to say to you right now that you need to look at the Bible objectively, look at history and how the Spirit of God has helped his church throughout history, and ask yourself these questions. Are we being persecuted for righteousness sake, or are we being persecuted because we have gone off of the stream of biblical truth and have twisted it a little bit out of the way and then have been deceived and thereby deceiving many. So just because you're persecuted doesn't necessarily mean that you are sons and daughters of God. But if you're persecuted for righteousness sake, those people that have been born again, truly, when they start to walk with God, they find their family is at odds with them. They find friends are at odds with them. The world is at odds with them. And they haven't even really pointed at other people and said, you're living wrong. You need to shape up. They've just changed themselves 
And people are convicted by that because they feel that you are condemning them because now you'll no longer do the things that you used to. We're told, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. It's for righteousness. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They've inherited it now and hereafter. Those are the sons and daughters of God in his kingdom. Also, we read that those that are lovingly obedient to Christ, they are the sons and daughters of the kingdom. These sons and daughters, by the way, have special privilege. We are the light bearers. We are the ones that have been have had authority invested in us to fight in war against the powers of darkness in this present existence and to claim, rightfully claim back all of God's kingdom inside of the borders of his kingdom to claim it back out of the clutches of the devil who doesn't have any business touching these things. The lovingly obedient to Christ, they are sons and daughters of this kingdom. We read in Matthew 5, 19 through 20, whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So this brings out that the lovingly obedient are his children. So least here is defined as the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. And then we're told they would not enter the kingdom now or hereafter. Maimonides, uh, I, I can't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. He was a Jewish uh, scholar that the Jewish community had looked up to a lot. He was acknowledged as one of the foremost rabbinic decisors and philosophers in Jewish history. And his copious work comprises a cornerstone of Jewish scholarship. So that's who he is. He says that the Sanhedrin had power when it was convenient for the time present to make void an affirmative command and to transgress a negative one in order to return many to their religion or to deliver many of the Israelites from stumbling at other things. They may do whatsoever the present time makes necessary. For so, adds he, the former wise men say, a man may profane one Sabbath in order to keep many Sabbaths. In other words, the means or the ends justify the means. Doesn't matter if we play by the rules. This was a gross ill that Jesus was trying to counter as he said, if you follow after the scribes and Pharisees, your righteousness is going to have to far exceed those. You'll have to be obedient all the time to the law of God. Those that are, he said, are in the kingdom. Those that are not are shut out of the kingdom. So that leads us to believe that the lovingly obedient to Christ, those are the sons and daughters of the kingdom. Matthew 21, 31 through 32. Whether of them twain did the will of his father, they say unto him, the first, Jesus saith unto them, verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness and you believed him not, but the publicans and the, and the harlots believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward that ye might believe him. So the <clears throat> parable, excuse me, that Jesus had spoken before he's explaining this was two, two sons were told to do something by the father. The first son said, yes, I'll do it, and then didn't do it. The second son refused at the first and said, I won't do it, and then repented and did it. And then Jesus says, which one did the will of the father? 
And so he's saying the people that are obedient, they're in the kingdom of God. And he was saying the publicans and harlots were offering heart obedience to God, whereas the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, the they were not offering heart obedience and therefore were shut out of the kingdom of God. So sons and daughters of the kingdom, according to Jesus, are those that obey, those that walk in the light. <clears throat> now, Matthew 7, 21 says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. So the sons and daughters of God, without stretching things, the sons and daughters of God are the ones that are lovingly obedient to Christ. Those that say they are Christ's and are not obeying him should check and see whether they are even in the faith at all. In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. Visit and like our social media accounts with Facebook, Twitter, Gab, Gab TV, and YouTube. Visit our website at www.godsresistance.com and contact us by email at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. So we said the lovingly obedient just before the break, the lovingly obedient to Christ are the sons and daughters of the kingdom. We also are told from the scripture that any believer in Christ, no matter the nationality, is a son and daughter of the kingdom. Matthew 8, 11 through 12. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we realize that there are, when it says people coming from the east and west, it's talking about nations of the earth. They're going to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, which the scribes and Pharisees at that point said, these are our fathers, therefore we have a right to the kingdom. Jesus said, uh-uh. The kingdom will be stripped from you because the kingdom doesn't come through bloodline. The kingdom comes through the ones that are seeds that are the seed of Abraham. And they're the seed of Abraham that believe in Christ because Christ is the one seed. And then we're told if we have the same faith of Abraham that we're his children. And that's what Jesus is bringing out here. So any believer, no matter the nationality, is a son and daughter of God. A son and daughter of God in his kingdom. <clears throat> Excuse me. New babes in the faith, though they appear to have little of this world's perceived strength, they are said to be the sons and daughters of the kingdom. Matthew eleven eleven, Verily, or truly, I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So here he finds somebody who's least in the kingdom of heaven, somebody that's not so special and great like John the Baptist, crying, the voice in the wilderness crying, that, that man of a, of a prophet, we're told that even the weakest of people in, uh, that are born again in that kingdom, they're greater than John the Baptist. So new babes in the faith, though they appear to be little and weak in this world's perceived ideas, they're the ones that are the sons and daughters of God in his kingdom. Those without guile, simply trusting in simple awe and obedient as children, they are the sons and daughters of the kingdom. 
Matthew 18, 1 through 4. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So there you have it. A small, childlike person, simple, without guile, trusting God, they are the ones that are the sons and daughters of the kingdom. Those that have a loose grasp on this world's goods, those are sons and daughters of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 19, verses 23 through 24. Then Jesus, or then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So those that have a loose grasp on this world's good. You know, money, we're told, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. Money in and of itself is not an issue, but it's the love of it. And Jesus was saying that those people that love money here, they're not going to be ones that are a part of this kingdom here. And they certainly aren't going to be a part of the kingdom hereafter when it's in its glorified state. And so we need to have a loose grasp on this world's good. Those that do, who have given their all to Christ so that they're just stewards of their belongings, those people are sons and daughters of the kingdom. This is a huge thing too, because the Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees, they put a big premium on having wealth. They were greedy people. And Jesus, excuse me, had to rebuke them openly many times because they were setting the example for many others as to what God is supposed to be like and such. And Jesus had to come in there with kind of a wrecking ball and help to disabuse people's minds from what these Pharisees have been teaching and showing people and show what the true reality is. So make no mistake, those that have a loose grasp on this world's goods, they are sons and daughters of the kingdom. Matthew 22, 2, we read, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. So we read in this parable that there's an invitation to this wedding. The invitation first goes out to the elected people of God, which were the Jewish people. That was Israel. They were the, the elected people of God. They first were the, the container to bring this gospel, to bring this revelation to all humanity. They were invited to accept their Messiah, and yet they didn't. They rejected. And we see in this parable that one of the people somehow in and through all this that had the invitation there were, there were many that after he went out to the highways and byways and hedges and just go out and compel whomever to come in, some people did come into the call and they received a wedding garment. One of it appears to be one of these Jews and it's representing probably the whole Jewish nation in Jesus' parable. It's like at the last they were like, hey, I want to come to this wedding. And he says, where's your garment? You don't have the wedding garment. And then they bind him hand and foot and throw him into outer darkness, which means they were on their way to hell. That's the parable's teaching. So we're told that those that respond to the call of God, no matter nationality, no matter anything in life, no matter status, those that respond to the call, when you hear the voice of Jesus calling out to you, drawing you to repentance and faith in him, you respond to the call 
you are a son or daughter of the kingdom of God. But if you are going on your lineage, if you're going on your nationality, and you do not respond to the call of repentance and faith in, in Christ, you are not a son or daughter of the kingdom. We're told faithful stewards of the grace and gifts of God, those are sons and daughters of the kingdom. Matthew 25, 14, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Then they were to do, um, you know, make gain off of what they had. And he was to come back. He comes back and he's reckoning with them. And there was one that had five that gained other five. There's one that had two that gained other two. There was one that had one and buried it. And we're told that one was to go into outer darkness. The unprofitable servant, or not the unprofitable servant, the, the servant that buried his talents. We're The ones that are faithful stewards of the grace and gifts of God, those are the sons and daughters of the kingdom. We don't have that fear that, that paralyzes us. We realize that God has saved us and changed us and we want to serve him. And so we, we take the things that he's given to us and we multiply them. That is the truth that we need to understand. Um, so faithful stewards of the grace and gifts of God, those are the sons and daughters of the kingdom. Those with a determined single focus to follow and obey Christ. Nine, uh, Luke 9, 62, and Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. If we've got one foot in the world and one foot inside of Christ, so to speak, we're not, we're not gonna make it. We haven't fully entered in. Jesus said, put your hand to the plow and forget that life behind you. You have a new master. And he said, those that do that, they're sons and daughters of God. Those that are still trifling around with God's truth and have got one foot in the world and one foot in Christ or the church, so to speak, they are in a dangerous place and they're not fit for the kingdom. They won't enter it now and they certainly won't enter the glorified kingdom. <clears throat> those that have suffered much and suffered much tribulation on account of their unwavering faithfulness to Christ, those will enter the kingdom of God. Those are the sons and daughters of the kingdom. Acts 14, 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. And then 2 Thessalonians 1, 5, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Those that say that the kingdom of God is so important to them, that Christ is so important to them, that they will suffer hardships and tribulations rather than deny their faith. Those are sons and daughters of the kingdom. So I hope this helps you to understand these two separate uh, places, perhaps inside of God's kingdom, which is this world. There's a special class, God's sons and daughters of the kingdom. So dear listener, there is a kingdom that is now. And there is a glorified kingdom that will come in the end. But if we relegate all of God's plans to be this later kingdom, and we cut off all of the, the, the things that we should do now and that we can expect God to do now, I would liken it to the Q movement that had arisen during Trump's presidency. It was that Trump was part of some special military operation. He was going to take out the uh, pedophilia people, the satanic uh, elites out of, you know, Washington and Hollywood and all sorts of other things. And Trump was going to be the savior and save the world. And they would tell you all these special cryptic messages 
and then pacify the listeners and still are doing it now, even though it's, it's a shame, pacifying the listeners to trust the plan while the enemy runs with great wicked speed unchecked. Yeah, just trust the plan, they say. That's somewhat of the same kind of a thing the devil will do if we take the kingdom and push it way out here and we don't realize that the kingdom is alive and well right now. We just trust the plan and we allow the devil to go unchecked in this world before us. The kingdom is this present existence, saints and sinners. Christ, not the devil, is the supreme ruler and potentate over all the affairs of this world. We need to walk in the authority that has been invested in us through the authority of Christ at the right hand of the Father. We are not out only to save souls, but to leaven the society and culture around us with the gospel. We are to disciple the nations. If we are saved, we are the present agents of the kingdom and the future inheritors of the glorified, purified, and united heaven and earth kingdom. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, both of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, Philippians 2, 10 through 11. We can acknowledge Christ as king over all now, and the rebellious will ultimately acknowledge that in the end. And Christ has all power given unto him, not the devil, as Matthew 28 tells us. So let's believe it and act like it. The kingdom is now. And you, if you are our son and daughter of the kingdom, you have power and authority invested in you to make a great change. Please contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. Join the resistance. God's resistance. Thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons License. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.